Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, and you're listening to Alligator Preserves. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about trampolines and a missed opportunity. So sad. So, so sad. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. My story today is about an experience I had visiting my son down at the University of New Mexico, and the story I wrote about it is called No Trampoline Tonight. And it was published in the Irma Bombeck Writer's Workshop News a while back. I'm going to read it to you. I suppose it's a good thing that my goal is to live to be 110, because after spending the last several hours cleaning my son's apartment, I may inadvertently have sacrificed a year or two. He didn't ask me to do it, and he certainly didn't expect that I would. We were supposed to be enjoying a merry old time tonight with a group of his friends who invited us for dinner and then an evening at the local indoor trampoline park. Awesome, right? Yes. I was ready to don a set of Nick's sweats and hawk till I dropped this evening, but an unexpected call from his workplace changed our plans, leaving me with four hours to entertain myself and no cable television. I guess I'll have some time to write, after all, I tell him as he hurriedly dresses to cover a shift. He looks great in his dress pants, shirt, and tie, but cuts himself in a rush to shave. Why are you using a disposable razor? I ask, knowing from personal experience how unforgiving they can be. I don't know, he says, pressing a piece of toilet paper to his chin. A leftover habit from when I didn't used to shave every day, I guess. If he could, he'd likely never shave, but his new job requires it. I make a mental note to buy him a real razor. He leaves, and I open the refrigerator to rustle up some dinner. Looks like it'll be a celery and peanut butter extravaganza, and when I open what should be the fruit drawer to see if there's anything I might add, I recoil in horror. No, there's no severed head or any other body part in the drawer, but there's clearly something growing and not something anyone should eat. I decide that my young bachelor could use a little help and set aside the celery for later. I survey the small apartment and decide to start with the floors, drab, beige-brown linoleum that almost hides months of neglect. After running the vac, and I make a note here, buy new vacuum bags, I fill the tub with bleach water and search for a mop, but find only a dry mop. Into the tub it goes, and I instantly feel better slopping it across each room and capturing all the dust bunnies. The color of the tub water when I rinse the mop makes me think that I should repeat what I've done several times, but my time is limited and there's much still to do like clean the tub, 
which is blooming both black and an unnatural pink. And the toilet, which rocks when you sit on it. Don't you hate that when that happens? (laughs) And the sink, which is attached to the wall at the perfect height for a Lilliputian. I look for a new sponge. Note, buy new sponges. To no avail, but I use the one that keeps the bar of soap from slipping into his sink. It's in considerably better shape than the scary one Nick has been using on dishes in the kitchen. My hands start to look like old ladies' hands, and I've only just hit middle age at that point, and I wonder if I should be wearing a hazmat mask, but it's too late. I've gone too far. After dousing all bathroom surfaces with bleach, note, buy more bleach, I scrub what I can, including the abused trash can. Then it's back to the kitchen. I open the refrigerator again, hoping that what I saw an hour ago isn't really as bad as I first thought. But, in fact, it is far worse. When I remove the drawer to clean it in the sink, what I find under it at the bottom of the refrigerator defies description. And for a moment, I consider pretending I've not seen it. I could clean and replace the drawer, and no one would be the wiser, but then I wouldn't be able to sleep, ever. And so I do what I must with a skanky sponge soaked in antibacterial spray. Note, buy more antibacterial spray. And as the saying goes, one thing leads to another. I do my best not to breathe each time I go in for a scrub, but I start to hear the doctor's dialogue when I'm 108. Poor old girl, they'll say. I'll bet she cleaned her son's refrigerator when she was just middle-aged. There's no way she'll make it to 110 now. Nevertheless, I know that I will finish what I've begun. When all of the red-green, gooey, jelly-like substance is gone, (laughs) I finish up by scraping a meal's worth of food from the inside of the microwave and wipe down the stove front and hood. The sponge can handle no more, and my peanut butter celery is calling me. I clean the kitchen trash can, toss in the mangled sponge, and scrub my flaky hands with the last drop of antibacterial spray. Time for dinner, note, buy more celery, and three, yes, three brownies. Hey, I'm only going to live to be 108 now, so I might as well enjoy every moment. Nick returns shortly after 10 p.m., and I note a brief expression of concern on his face. He senses that something is different, but cannot put his finger on it. Wow, I normally just carry the whole trash can to the dumpster. You were brave to pull out that flimsy bag, he tells me when he sees the overfull bag by the front door. I tell him just how brave I've been. Thanks, Mom, he tells me. And I know that we will both sleep well tonight. That ends the story that I submitted and got published, but 
gosh, it makes me think about so many things when I think about our children and what we do for them. Oh, and trampolines. We never had a trampoline growing up, five of us girls, because, you know, they're wicked dangerous. I grew up in the South Shore, Boston, as some of you know already, and everything was wicked. Wicked dangerous, wicked pissa, wicked cool, <laughs> wicked everything. But trampolines, wicked dangerous. And so there was no way we were going to have one. I remember my first time on a trampoline was at West Point during physical education. Everyone had to had to do certain moves on the trampoline, and they were generally hard to perform without getting whiplash at least once. So I do believe that there's an element of danger, but I think about cleaning Nick's apartment, which again, as I mentioned, he didn't ask me to do. I didn't have to do it. I could have just, I could have just let it be, <laughs> but I, I, I really couldn't. But I do remember growing up, always having to share a bedroom with a sister with five of us. And my side of the room was always a disaster. I remember mom telling me she'd have to use a shovel to find me in the morning to get through all my stuff in the room. And I do recall that I, I didn't really enjoy or spend much time on keeping a tidy bedroom. Now, after all, I knew it wasn't mine. I think it really wasn't until my sophomore year at Smith College when I did not have a roommate because my room shared with a roommate was a disaster as well. I have photos to prove it. Maybe I'll post, yeah, I'll post one on my on my website along with my show notes to this episode. Um, when I was a sophomore, I had my own room. And it wasn't until then that I really felt a sense of ownership for my property and my space. And I remember decorating it the way I wanted to, and it was my space, and I really, I felt proud of it. So I, I think that's just a thing. Then, of course, I went to West Point and I had no choice of having a messy room. There was no way I could have a messy room there. But I think there is something to be said for a sense of ownership and having pride in what you own, and maybe not necessarily feeling that same sense if you're in a shared space. I feel extraordinarily fortunate to be married to a man who believes that there's a place for everything and everything should be in its place. He's far neater than I'll ever be, though I've grown used to having a neat environment. And it is helpful to know where your stuff is, especially as we get older. <laughs> but back to the trampoline. I was really looking forward to going to that trampoline park because that would have been a blasty blast. But growing up, there was always that fear of danger, right? So uh, my youngest sister, Carol, she and her husband had a large trampoline for their three sons in their backyard. And I remember jumping on it with Nick when he was quite young. There's a picture there also that you've got to see of me jumping on the trampoline in a skirt. <laughs> and there's something about the both the fear of the experience being wicked dangerous and the exhilaration of flying in the air. And I've, I've always had this desire to fly. And it's so exhilarating. Oh my goodness. If you've never had a flying dream, think about it. Think about flying before you go to bed at night, if you ever dream at all. <laughs> Someday, I hope, maybe, 
we'll figure out how to harness our energy and maybe not physically be able to leap out of a window and fly, but maybe experience it in different ways. For now, maybe go into a trampoline park or go into one of those flight simulators where they stick you in a suit and blow air at you. I haven't done that yet, but I think that's on my to-do list. It would be a new experience, and I am all about new experiences because I think through new experiences we grow and learn. And uh, maybe I'll have Nick set up an appointment for the two of us to go flying someday. Why not? You can find today's show notes with links and photos, and there will be a photo of me on a trampoline (laughs) and me in a messy room at Smith College. Go to my website at leadvillelaurel.com. And uh, if you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about it, please. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you'll receive at patreon.com forward slash Alligator Preserves. And join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. Until then, beware of old jams in your refrigerator covered in fuzz. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.